Welcome to Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. I'm Ryan Evans. Nebraska contains over 45 million acres of agricultural land used as cropland, grazing land, hayland, and more. About 56% of that ag land in the state is owned by farmers and ranchers, while absentee landowners own the remaining 46%, equating to nearly 20 million acres that are leased out. A new report from the USDA's Economic Research Service shows that nationally, the majority of these absentee landowners who are non-operators, that is those who typically cash rent their land to operators, live within about 50 miles of their land. To discuss more about the characteristics of land ownership in Nebraska and across the country, and why understanding these is important to both owners and operators is Jim Jansen, an extension educator and agricultural systems economist here at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Hey, Jim, thanks for being here. Thanks for joining me, or thanks for letting me join. Well, we should point out that you are also the co-author of UNL's annual Nebraska Farm Real Estate Report, which looks at land values and rental rates across the state. And you just published a new article on our website at farm.unl.edu that looks at how much land in the state is actually rented out and some national averages of how far absentee landowners tend to live from their land. So what interested you in these topics and why are they important to producers and landowners today? So I have been involved over the last, I guess, five or six years now or even when I was a graduate student at the university working on my graduate degrees there on the annual farm real estate survey and report. And as part of our outreach with that report, we annually conduct different types of meeting series across the state of Nebraska. Uh, each year we hit the road and try to span these meetings on different topics related to land values, cash rents, farm succession, um, risk and liability related to land, land inheritance issues, flexible cash leases, USDA farm programs. Those are just a few of the topics we've covered in recent years. But overall, land is one asset that connects everyone in the state in one way or another, even if you live in town and you live in a, in a condo or a home, or if you live out on an acreage or a farm site. Uh, land, especially land in Nebraska, sets us apart in the United States from other regions of the United States due to the geography of the state the features that make it. We have more irrigated cropland in this state than anywhere else in the United States. We have a very heavy presence in the livestock feeding industry related, related to cattle on feed, as well as uh, swine and a growing presence in the poultry industry as well. We also have a very robust ranching industry. About half of the ground in our state is either in hayland or grazing land. That presence and that diversity in terms of the type of land we have here, and maybe diversity isn't the best word for it, but we have a wide variety of land in just one state. And that really is what sets us apart from other places in the Central Plains, as well as other regions of the United States, is we really truly have a very unique mix of land. And um, with that being said, that's what's kind of motivated my interest in this area. And there's not a lot of economists at work on the areas of land economics anymore. So it's an area that we frequently get questions and one that we intend to continue to do our reach in as well as annually monitor in our, as part of our real estate proceedings. 
looking at the characteristics of landowners across the country, as you do in the new article you have on our website at farm.unl.edu, uh, you found a number of things. So can you talk about the uh, results of some studies and some reports that have been issued from USDA as far as the distance that landowners live from their land uh, and why that is important to producers? Yeah, so with the changing uh, demographics we're seeing across the state in terms of uh, the average age of landowners is definitely changing uh, operators, uh, whether farmers or ranchers. We've always been have asked ourselves the questions here at the university of who actually owns this land. How far do the landowners live from these properties? Uh, if you're someone that works in the real estate industry, you might have some ideas based on the type of land that you might manage or that you sell for your clients. And uh, I think what sets this report apart, it was conducted by the Economic Research Service, which is a division of the USDA. And uh, back, back in about 2016 or 17, there was a survey done called the U.S. Farmland Ownership, Tenure and Transfer, or the total survey. And uh, as part of this survey, they did some additional analysis on the attributes of the survey. So where, where were they sending the surveys and for the people that were, were responding to the survey, where are their properties located? So they did a fairly good job of quantifying and looking at what are the demographics. And what we see is depending upon where you're at, what state you're in has an influence on how far people tend to live from the properties. In Nebraska, a fairly high share still live within an hour and even within three hours. And then when I say an hour, I'm saying about 60 miles or within three hours, you know, maybe around 150 to 200 miles. But uh, with that heavy presence right now, that may change in the future. And if that changes, the people that are renting these properties, while obviously you can't pick up the land to move it out, who you're dealing with now as an operator is probably going to be different than who you might be dealing with, say, in 20 or 30 years. The influences those people that you'd be dealing with in the future might be different than what you're dealing with now with respect to maybe dealing with a retired landowner that operated on that parcel of ground at one point in time versus someone that, you know, they might have somewhat of a background in business or maybe in health discipline or something but they don't know the intricate details of what makes up production egg in Nebraska. So changing demographics with respect to that is something that whether you like dealing with uh, absentee landowners or not, or if you're an absentee landowner and you may or may not know a lot about production egg, staying uh, well informed as well as um, adverse to what is happening in our state are things that both sides need to be cognitive of. I imagine there's a lot of pressure on uh, operators then in that situation. What is their responsibility in communicating with landowners uh, if they're living close or far away when it comes to just the annual operations or leasing agreements? Uh, you know, communication is big in, in all of this as always. So. Uh, what's the land or what's the operator's responsibility here as you see it? 
Well, it's whatever the landlord and tenant can agree upon. What I can tell you is based on our phone calls that we take from absentee landowners here at the University of Nebraska with our extension division with many people scattered across the state that work in that area. One area where we see a certain degree of discord between a landlord and a tenant is when the landlord feels like they don't know what's going on. And maybe they are being treated just fine as part of the professional contractual relationship. But, uh, you know, just simple things with uh, newer technology you can easily take a photo or a recording of different events happening on a property, whether good or bad or anything in between. And uh, I think taking that time to display to that landlord exactly what's happening, what's, what's occurring on that property is probably a pretty good thing to be doing. Um, what type of information is being shared? That type of information could be basic things like when did the corn or soybeans or wheat or whatever is planted get harvested or planted? When, um, when do you get rainfall? You know, was there a severe drought over the past year that really influenced yields? Maybe prices are good, but the crop yields aren't there if it's dry land. What about, um, you know, hail? Disaster, 2019 was a year of excessive moisture across many areas of the state. How did that influence how much of the ground could be planted? Should the cash rent be adjusted because there is a certain degree of the land that um, couldn't get planted on time? Whatever, I mean, there's a lot of different things that, uh, you know, if you follow the news that might be easy to understand but if you just don't have that background or you don't have that line of communication out there to understand truly what's happening, it can be very frustrating for certain people depending upon your position in which you're involved with that asset. And you write that about 46% of land in Nebraska is owned by absentee landowners, as we mentioned in the beginning. Do you have any idea of maybe how that's changed over the years? Is that significantly more? absentee ownership now than a decade or two ago? So historically, absentee landowners have been around 50% in the Central Plain states. Now, the number of absentee landowners, maybe that number is higher than what is what it was in the past. And what I mean by that is if you had a couple that farmed their descendants, so say they had a couple kids, three or four adult age kids, inherit that property and maybe they're married. Well, as the number of acres never changed, but if it's a joint ownership going from two owners to say six owners, the uh, I refer to it as a fractionalization of land ownership might vary quite a bit because you can take two owners and divide it between three kids that all might be married. And if you do that, you're starting to divide up how many people are owning the property. Now that might work okay for some and it may not work quite as well for others because anytime you increase the number of owners, some people may really care, some may not, you know, just give me my annual return, which would be cash run on the property and I'll pay the taxes and that's all I really want. It really kind of depends on where you're at and who you're dealing with. And what I have found for those people, if you're a tenant dealing with apps multiple, multiple absentee landowners, so say you got three or four brothers and sisters, if you identify one party out of a group that tends to be the best at being able to get a hold of, that truly has an interest in the property, whatever the case might be, 
it's not a bad thing to kind of establish them as the official contact and see to it that they provide whatever, photos, recordings, information, good, bad, whatever events are happening to that property to the other, or to the other people that are interested in the topic. And uh, I think that might be one strategy or one way to deal with multiple landowners if, you know, if they own the land together is trying to establish, you know, that one key contact. When you have someone dealing with multiple landowners, you know, they talk to the one brother and then they talk to the sister the week later and those two don't talk very often. Uh, bad communication doesn't lead to anything that's very good. So that's kind of what we're seeing. I do anticipate that uh, with our aging ag population, we'll probably see a fairly similar percent, about half the land is rented out um, by absentee landowners. Absentee landowner, we haven't defined it, but if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably an indication of uh, you know someone that owns a property, but they may not farm it. They may live on an acreage by it. They may um, live in a neighboring town. Uh, our article goes into some detail describing how far people live from the property. But uh, that's an absentee landowner, someone that owns the land, but no longer operates on it for whatever reason. All right. Jim Jansen is an extension educator and agricultural systems economist at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. You can find his new article on this topic at farm.unl.edu. And you can also find a host of real estate resources on landlord-tenant communication and leasing resources on agecon.unl.edu slash real estate and check farm.unl.edu as well for more updates as they come out on uh, ongoing landlord tenant issues. So Jim, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This has been Nebraska Farmcast, a production of the Extension Farm and Ranch Management Team in the Department of Agricultural Economics at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. For decision-making tools, articles, podcasts, videos, and more, visit us online at farm.unl.edu.